Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. Nick Slavic here, host of Ask a Painter Live, proprietor of the Nick Slavic Painting and Restoration Company, um, host of this show. Uh, this is, uh, I was doing the show count the other day. Uh, we are going on almost seven years of me broadcasting live weekly uh, without a miss. Uh, I think we're on show number 356 now. So 356 uninterrupted weeks of doing this with awesome people like Nick. You guys may recognize Nick. He's been on the show a couple times. A uh, friend of Ask a Painter. Uh, we're big fans of Top Line Pro. Um, really interesting story. Uh, and, and Nick has some really cool marketing uh, and uh, tech insights for us. And he comes from uh, what I what I enjoy about Nick is that he comes from not our industry and he brings kind of a fresh view to all this stuff here. So uh, today um, we're going to talk about Topline Pro. We're going to talk about some marketing stuff. We're going to talk about SEO and some tech. And of course, we're here to answer any of your questions. And uh, Nick's got some really cool insights into our industry. So as the uh, as the comment mentions, when you guys are watching the live feed, any questions, any comments, uh, any clarifying things you, you guys need to know, get on there and we are here to answer any of your questions. Um, in the show notes as well, a little bit of housekeeping before we jump in. In the show notes, uh, there is a couple links there. Uh, the PCA Business Accelerator, if you want to be a professional business like Nick and like me, um, I would definitely look into that personal favor to me. Uh, like and share this show if you're watching. And then if you would like a master's class, uh, me in your area for half day, full day, sometimes even multiple days, there's a link for that as well, where I'll come and I'll bring all my data from my business and I'll come to you and I'll show you what we do, what's worked, what's not worked, and we share best practices. So I'm not going to waste any time. Nick Ornitz is a, is a professional guy. He is an important guy. We are not going to waste his time. So Nick, uh, thank you for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Nick. And uh, as always, the double Nick uh, is going to be fun throughout this episode, but it's great to be back. I think we were on the show about a year ago, so excited to uh, be talking again here. Yeah, so we, we've known each other uh, for a little while now, and uh, immediately, you know, there, there's lots of people who email me, uh, especially from people outside the industry saying, hey, we're about to get into this industry. Um, I went through the PCA. They told me to talk to you. And a lot of it is kind of like, eh, yeah, great. You know, you're going to do this. But you had a very unique value proposition right away. And you had a very unique background that caught my attention, uh, besides being a genuine guy who actually wants to help people. But what do we need to know about Nick Ornitz and your company? Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, I'll go. I'll go back uh, several years back, and and kind of where we are today. Um, interest in helping the trades started back in college. I worked in construction management, so I was on a job site uh, with a bunch of contractors, and I was supposed to be telling them what to do. They were probably telling me what to do. Uh, I was 18 at the time, and I really liked the trades. Um, from there, I went more into um, you know the the corporate world, but still focused on the trades. So started working with companies that sold products to painters and general contractors. So the Home Depots of the world, Bear Paint, and other companies like that, and just got to learn an appreciation for small business owners and um, challenges they faced. I've got a bunch of siblings. Uh, three of them have run or started their own small business that are service-based, a wedding photography studio, an acting studio, if you want to learn how to stage fight, uh, and even a 
small bakery. So with that, got to kind of see and hear firsthand day in, day out, you know, the challenges you face as a small business owner in those spaces are much the like of, of contractors. So gained an appreciation, um, went the, the formal route of, of going to business school and wanting to start a company that could help folks in small businesses and uh, started a, a company in the home service space. And we actually had started buying leads uh, as a way to find customers. And, mm -hmm. and with that, um, just saw some of the challenges, you know, it can work for some, it doesn't work for others. And saw some of the challenges with that. We said, there's got to be a better way. So my co-founder, Shannon, and I, we actually dropped out of business school after our first year. Uh, our parents were wondering, you know, what the heck are you doing? Uh, why, why are you doing this? And, um, you know, we, we knew there was an important thing to solve in, in helping people grow a small business with tools built for them, not built for big, large enterprises. Uh, so that led us to eventually Topline Pro over the last uh, over three years uh, building the business and now uh, working with over a thousand different uh, painting and, and contracting business owners. So um, we've seen a lot of stuff that works. We've seen some of the stuff that doesn't work and we'll admit what we've tried that hasn't worked as well and um, hopefully have some tips to share with those that are that are listening here. And, and if I recall right, well, one of our first interactions was uh, you helping painters with websites. Yes. So when we started, we knew there was a big problem around people getting charged for quoted 5,000, 10,000 crazy numbers to build a website and that process taking weeks to do. We said there's got to be a better option than that. You don't have time to go on and do a DIY, build your own on Wix, figure all the stuff out. You're 90% of the time you're on a job site. So you don't have time to do that. And so we said, what if we could make your website within one day that's custom to your business? and isn't just a generic website and what if we can do it at a really affordable price so uh we sat down with uh, eventually building out an engineering team to make that possible and i think nick that was two years ago where on the show live we made a, a website for your business uh, yep. and showed what could be possible just in a few minutes yeah and that was i was going to mention that in real time you actually got my stuff and made a website and having having gone through and having known a lot of people who have gone through this process it, it's kind of weird for us like master crafts people and trades people because we're like, we have this vision in our head of like, hey, we're going to find this fancy tech person and they're going to just solve this for us. They know what to do and they do this. But time and time and time again, I hear from my other master crafts people, they, they enlist a very high powered tech company. And the tech companies, like, I think when you said weeks to build a website, I think that's kind of gracious of you. A lot of my uh, brethren and sister then, I mean, they're talking six months down the road. And then that company comes to them and says, well, we're going to need all these images from you. And then we're going to need you to write everything. And we're just like, well, what are we actually like, what the heck, man? Like, what is your part in all this stuff? You know? And so what I was impressed immediately by, um, there's nothing I like more and, and you as well as an entrepreneur, there's nothing we like more than a unique value proposition. And you came with a unique value proposition, which was insanely professional, insanely quick, insanely low price. And what, what, what has been very satisfying to see over the years is that um, people have contacted you through ask a painter. You've been on the painter Facebook sites and every single person that I talk to that has worked with you, you take care of them. And it's just such this beautiful relationship. It's like you made a promise, you followed through, and it's just you're you're helping people in our industry. So that that is one of the sort of like uh, the core values of this Ask a Painter show is finding people like you who actually genuinely help the people in our industry because we are not website people, we are painters. 
Amazing. Well, thank you, Nick. Yeah, we, we joke around, we can't do the painting work, but we can at least help with the, the rest of it. And, um, you know, there's, there's to be tools built for small business owners. And when you use tech, you can do things faster, uh, as long as it's tailored towards a small business. So still believe in delivering a lot of values, believe in a lot of quality, but you know, if you went to someone and you said, I'm going to paint your home, it's going to take six months. They would say most of the time, uh, no, thanks. I'm calling the next guy. <laughs> Same thing is true for your online presence. Yeah. Um, so, but it's not just websites anymore, Nick, what, what else do you guys help our industry with? Yeah. So we really think about what's important for the business. You've got to be discovered, you got to be trusted and you got to be booked. And all of that is foundational on top of, of course, you have to do quality work, treat your customers well. Um, and, and actually deliver on that. But it starts with that discovery. So a website is a piece of that. Your broader online presence is another piece of that. So your social media, your presence on Google and more broadly. And then you have to be trusted. So you have to get online reviews and we know how painful that can be. Uh, Nick, I've got something later to show you, which is where you were at reviews a year ago and where you're at today, which is impressive. Um, but you have to do that. It's, it's the consumer has learned about shopping online and everyone from getting a haircut to buying toilet paper is reading reviews and looking at a simple, easy booking process online. So that feeds into the next step, which is uh, how do we make it so easy for customers to book you that it's not just phone calls. Phone calls are still great, but if you're up on a ladder and you can't answer the phone, have a good conversation, or let's say it's 5 a.m. and the homeowner doesn't want to call, but they don't have time later, you got to make it possible for them to reach out and book you. So now we help with that full funnel, initial discovery, review collection and trust, and then the whole booking and managing that, that booking experience. So uh, hopefully we can help folks save time so they can focus on doing work in the field. Yeah. And especially, excuse me, especially in the age of Amazon one-click buying, like uh, consumers are getting really used to a friction-free, easy, trustworthy experience. And contractors are kind of last on board with all that stuff. Like, you know, uh, most of most of the painters, honestly, don't even have websites, let alone an online form where you can fill out or, or somewhere to get reviews. And it's uh, it's tough for, for consumers out there. And um, I would say three to five years ago, give or take, I think you would still find people running businesses, totally word of mouth, no online presence, but it has completely shifted now. The, the, the new word of mouth is Facebook groups and uh, the happenings groups in towns like my little town here, New Prague Happenings. Uh, there's been three people looking for painters in that group this week. And that is the new sort of like word of mouth. And I feel like the experience now is they may ask a coworker or a friend in person, but then they're going to a local community group, a trusted group. And the second they get referrals, they start looking at Facebook presence, Google, Google reviews, things like that. And it's kind of like, that's the new vetting process now for contractors. Yeah, it really is. And, and building a business off word of mouth means you do good work because people refer you, but you have to then help that word of mouth spread faster. And, and one of the ways that you do that is when you tell a friend a business name. Most of the time, that's how word of mouth happens. You're not providing a whole bunch more. Everyone's busy. And so if you share a business name to a friend and they don't find you online, well, unfortunately, they're probably going to move to calling someone else. And so not only is an online presence about getting new customers that just are organic, but it's also about helping your existing customers market for you. And I, I think that's key as a business owner is how do you create leverage? You got to create your your customers working for you in, in essence. 
And, and, you know, you mentioned that, you know, we we're busy painting, right? I mean, that's all our bread and butter. And when we're not busy painting for, for us professional business owners, we're mentoring our people, holding them accountable. So automation is a big deal nowadays. And uh, we've been working on a crazy automation project up here uh, with employee reviews. And it's, it's starting to seep into all the contracting businesses, which is, you know, everything from simple as bill pay to collecting reviews and things like that. So talk to us about automation, Nick Ordnance. Yeah, of course. I think automation starts uh, it, it starts at that initial contact point and it goes all the way through once you finish the job. And so one example is when a customer goes through your website, you want an automation set up that they get an immediate reply. When you buy something on Amazon, you get an email that confirms what you just bought. You don't just buy it and wonder, well, is this going to ever show up? So the same thing's true for a painting business. You want someone to fill out that form saying what they're looking for and get a response that says, thank you, we've received this and we'll be in touch with you soon. So that's the first thing that happens. Uh, the second thing is now you want some of that automation of where you can find that information stored for you. So it's not just about that contact showing up in your phone book and then you're searching, trying to find you know, who was it, but it's actually added to a database for your customers uh, automatically for you. And then once you do a job, we focus a lot on uh, once you've done good work, you want to get paid quickly and then you want to get a review. And so uh, when you send a, a payment request, you want that review request to automatically send afterwards. Uh, additionally, you might have a lot of historical customers that you never asked for reviews. So being able to send one blast to 50, 100, 200 people at once to try to collect those reviews, and then not only sending it once, but kindly following up if they don't automatically. So what our software will do is you can send out 100 requests. It will look to see who leaves you a review and who doesn't. And those that don't, it will kindly remind them in seven days. Uh, one of the things we often hear from folks is, well, I ask homeowners to leave a review and they never do it. Well, if you ask them and they've got a kid in one arm and they're cooking dinner in the other arm, they're not going to leave a review. So you got to try to hit them. We recommend at least, you know, two times because the second time you might catch them when, uh, you know, they're in bed and have a few minutes to, to write a review online. And it, so this has always been like data versus feelings has always been this huge dissonance in me for reviews because last year we did 600 projects and we probably got 50, 60, 70 reviews. I mean, we're, we're barely converting 10% of our people and we put, a, we put automation towards it. And in a last ditch effort, sometimes we're even like manually like, Hey, listen, you told us how much you loved us. Would you please just go to Google? And there's just enough friction, especially when the transaction is complete that there's just, ah, well, that that's done. We'll just wipe our hands of it. But it, the data versus feelings never match for me because we should be getting 400 reviews a year and we just don't. And sadly, I'm not, I'm not unique in that regard. The, the conversion for that, I, I think we do a pretty good job, you know, with automation, like you said, and some things, but still it's so disheartening that we made 600 happy clients and we're going to get like 10% of those reviews this year. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's 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 really true. And it, it's it's unfortunate because you feel like you leave and the homeowner says, thank you so much. I had a great experience. I'll, I'll definitely write that review. And then it never shows up and you're wondering, well, what actually happened? And um, I think that's where you need to have personal, but you also need to have automation that frees up time. One of the yeah. things we talk a lot about, and I think Nick, we've talked in, in the past is that relationship is so much built on trust. And if you don't have time, you don't have time to create that trust. And so you have to automate the stuff that, isn't enabling you to build that relationship. So it's not just about automating and feeling like you'll never talk to your customer. It's actually automating so you have more time to talk to your customer. And um, coming from somebody who did take this for granted for many years, that professional 
high velocity, consistent communication is honestly one of the best ways to build trust. Like as uh, the the old way of thinking with what you know, crusty old master craftspeople like myself is always, listen, our work will speak for itself. I'm going to blow their socks off with this fine finish. And guess what? I can treat them however I want. I don't have to return any calls. It's just, they're going to be so blown away by my finish. And you know what? In my dad's generation of contractors, that probably worked okay. And uh, now though, in the last five years, that's changing. And you must give them the experience, the professional experience, as well as a proven product every time. And that all of us craftspeople take for granted that communication, consistent communication is so important to our clients to gain trust. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes you never know until you ask. Yeah. And a lot of, I think sometimes have customers that would book more services if they followed up and said happy holidays or they just kept in touch with them. So you, you have to, not only when you're doing the work, but then going forward and each of those customers is, is an asset to your business. And automation goes a long way because, you know, if your if your website is high functioning, easy to find, you have a, an online um, uh, form you can fill out to get an estimate. Uh, there can be, like you said, an automatic reply and especially before and after hours. It's a huge thing. So like your, your website is almost an extension of you as the owner, as the master craftsperson and even the estimator and salesperson, because there's no way in heck that I'm I'm going to see an email at 425 in the morning and reply to it. But if your website's there clicking away, looking for it, sending those automatic things, that's like you said, when you buy something off Amazon, before you can even open your email, there's already an email confirming delivery and price and everything. And that builds trust. And our websites uh, need to do that same thing. And that's why that 24-7 sort of thing is very important. Yeah, exactly. And, and we talk about websites being your digital storefront it's your 24 7 salesperson it's always working when you're sleeping and um one of the things that that i like to relate it to is not just is it representing what your business can do but it's actually helping you convert more it's not only helping you find new customers it's actually helping you convert more customers yeah a lot of times we, we have people say well um you know i have i have enough work and i'm getting it through word of mouth but if your website can help you convert some of those higher value jobs, maybe you can grow your team in a way you couldn't consider before. So there's a lot of values, not just showing up online. Yeah. And, and this is, this is something that I've been, I've been reminding myself and a lot of other people in the industry too, especially over the last year is that we all come to this in our industry, the painting industry, and it's probably not unique to that in the trades too. We come to this as craftspeople first. And because there's not enough professional business owners to hire us and pay us a living wage, we have to start our own businesses. So we find ourselves having to now learn how to be business owners, uh, having been painters before. So this is a very tough thing uh, that we have to do. And tech and the automation and sometimes even the professionalism doesn't come as easily as we thought. And when we have a little bit of money in the bank, when we have just enough jobs on the horizon, I a lot of us stand back and say, boy, we got this thing licked. The problem is we should be flooded with this work because uh, homeowners are, are drastically underserved by professional home service businesses in the market that we have now. So if you have two or three jobs on the book as a sole proprietor, you should not be comfortable with that. That's almost like work that you trip over. You should have a way where you can get work when you need it. And, and a lot of these craftspeople, and I was one of them too, where the summer you'd be crazy, you, you'd be flooded with work. And then in the winter you had gaps. And then all of a sudden marketing is very interesting to you, you know, and then you start reaching out to other people like, hey, how do we get these leads and things? So word of mouth, repeat, referral is all great work. 
they're the best leads, but you can't control them for the most part. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And you can't you can't wait till you need it. You got to build. Um, you got to build first and, and be ready for that. And um, if it's okay to uh, share, we've got a few kind of top tips that. Um, you know, there might be hot takes for some of the people listening, and we don't mean it to be offensive. Some of the things that we hear where uh, we know why you feel this way um, trying to run your business, but it's advice that we have that, that should help you out. So um, I'll share my screen here if that sounds good to you, Nick. Awesome. Yeah, I was looking forward to this because especially with you guys working with, you know, a thousand people uh, in the trades like this is I know you got some lessons learned. So this is going to be uh, this is going to be awesome for us here. So let me. Let me see if we can't do find a good way to if I take myself off the screen, it's likely you won't be able to hear me. So let me see if I can find a good. I tell you what, that's not bad. we might be able to do this one right here. I want you to be the, the, the main focus here. So, yep, you go for it, Nick Ornitz. All right. All right. We got the less less handsome Nick on the big screen, but we've got the top 10 painters. Uh, things that painters and contractors often get wrong. So the first one is I get my business from word of mouth. We full heartedly agree that word of mouth business is the best kind and that there's, there's hundreds of thousands, millions of businesses that run off of word of mouth, but it doesn't mean that you can't make a better business by building on that word of mouth. Mm -hmm. So what we mean by you get this wrong is word of mouth might be driving your business, but if you add an online presence to that, it's only going to make things better. You, there's no business owner I could imagine out there that would say, well, if a more profitable job from an easier to work with customer came in my door, I'm going to turn it away. And so we need to not just be okay with what you have, but you can always make things better in a, a continuous improvement process. Also, that word of mouth is happening online. People are telling their friends, as we talked about, and looking it up. Uh, the second thing is that customers can learn about me on Facebook. Some customers can, but... Uh, I bet you everyone here has an older relative that uh, doesn't know how to log into Facebook or when they click a Facebook link says, what the heck is this? You've got that. You've got people that don't even use Facebook anymore because of privacy and other concerns. Yes. And uh, you also have some people that don't know how to navigate Facebook. So every, almost everyone um, knows how to go to Google and type in the name of a business or type in painters near me. Uh, and a website is much more easy to navigate than a Facebook page. So Yes, you probably do get a lot of business from Facebook, but there is another portion of customers that are looking online that can't find you if you're only on Facebook. Uh, the third one here is I don't have to convince referrals to pick my business. Well, referrals are really, really strong. What we mean by this is you still have to sell a referral that comes in the door a reason to work with you. And so what we want to do is Make it so that you close 100% of referrals. Maybe you're closing 90% today, but I guarantee you there's referrals happening that fall through the cracks that, that you're not closing in the business. So 100%. I've got a few more I'll keep going through, but I don't know, Nick, how do you feel about those first three? Listen, man, this is music to my ears. It, it's it's like you've been watching Ask a Painter live because this is all this these are all things that you know. And my journey from single owner operator to a professional business owner, these are all things that I said and believed. And, and, and I could not be convinced otherwise until you hire your first employee and then all this goes down the drain. Then you're just like, oh, wait a second. I need to control when the leads come in and I'm getting a bunch of leads. And before I didn't need them and now I need them. And so, you, Nick, you are 100% right on, man.
Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And, and that responsibility, that feeling of needing to hit payroll as well, it, it takes it to another level. So um, empathize, empathize with that. Uh, the fourth one that we have here, I have too much work. You just touched on this a few minutes ago. You might have too much work at one moment in time, but there, there's very few businesses that 365 days of the year have too much work. There's always some period where you wish you had slightly better work, more profitable work and work that you enjoy more. Uh, maybe you really don't like, you know, exterior painting and you love interiors. Well, uh, there's always a little bit uh, more that you could have come in the door that gives you that ability to pick and choose. And it's sometimes we hear, well, I'm worried if a customer contacts me and I say I don't have capacity that they're going to think poorly of my business. And I think you do want to be, you want to make sure you're responding to everyone. But if you ever have too much work and someone comes in the door, maybe you know another painter in town that you can refer, or maybe you can say, does this project need to happen now? Or could you wait till October, November, December and schedule it out? Sometimes people will wait for the right business. Um, the last one we talked about, customers won't leave me a review. It's sometimes, yes, there's, there's just that homeowner that no matter what you do, you could buy them a new car and they won't leave you a review. But most of the time, it's just that you haven't made it easy enough. Yeah. Uh, the same way that it happens and you need to make that sale process easy enough, you need to make the review process easy enough. Um, and uh, with this, the, uh, app, the website is a nice to have and uh, a luxury. We hear this one a good amount for businesses that have done well without a website. And they view, well, it's a nice to have, it's a luxury, but um, I think the trades is really going to experience uh, an even bigger shift over the next few years where if you don't show up online, there are so many businesses that are going to start showing up online that you might have a head start today in your area, but uh, that can flip pretty quickly. So I'll stop on those ones. I don't know, Nick, any of those that you, you particularly agree with or disagree with? Yeah. So I've, I've said for years that like, you know, for 15 years of me owning my business, I mean, first thing you do is you get on social media and you get a website and, and I, I hope, and I think that the whole mindset of boy, having a nice website sure would be a nice thing. I mean, I can, I can almost say that that is a, that is not a thing anymore. It is an entrance fee. That's like filing with the state of Minnesota for your LLC. That's like, you know, getting basic liability insurance for your business and then getting a website. It's not a nice to have anymore. And I don't think it ever will be again. I think now we're competing in the space of how little friction is there on your website and how easy are you to find? So now it's, yeah, if you don't have a website, you're dead in the water. Yeah. And, and it's got to be easy to navigate. It's got to have the right information on it and, and all of that. Um, so that leads us to a couple more items here. The sales process starts when I show up for an estimate. The sales process starts when that person either finds you online or hears about you and what experience they go through. Everyone comes in um, to an estimate and thinks, well, I know what to say. I'm really good at this. And I've closed 80% of my, my estimates in the past. So I've got this in the bag. And, um, you know, that that's something where you've got to start building the, the relationship before you even talk to the, the customer. You've got to make them feel really excited about you. Uh, this is one where my brother Darren runs a wedding photography business. It's different, but it's it's related. And um, he, you know, for a while he would say, well, if I can just get in front of the potential client, I can close the deal. I'll definitely have the, the wedding shoot. And we started saying early on, well, what happens in the day where that starts changing or, or starts getting more competitive in your area? And you start to lose that close rate. And how do you start to improve that, not just on what you're saying, but the experience someone goes through? It's the same in, in the painting industry. You never know when competition is going to change and who else you might be competing against. Um, 
moving on to, I can call a customer back at the end of the day, or in some cases, two days, three days, four days later. Uh, customers and homeowners, as we talked about with Amazon, with other experiences online, want an immediate satisfaction. They want an immediate answer. And when they call you and they get your voicemail or you answer and say, can I call you back? They're most likely going to go to the next business or the next business. Or maybe they'll just say, oh, this is too difficult. I'm not doing this project anymore. There's plenty of friends that, that we have that are on the homeowner side of this equation that, that actually happens. For they say it's too hard to find someone yeah. uh, that responds to me quickly and I'm maybe just not going to do this project. Um, and then you know, work is slow now, so I can't afford marketing. It's the opposite of the I'm so busy problem, um, but it's, it's, the, it's still a problem because if you don't invest in marketing to get you out of that slow period, um, it's not like things are magically going to change without you doing anything. So, you, you know, you might want to do flyers, you might want to do business cards, you might want to focus on your online presence, but you've got to do something when things are slower. You can't just wait for it to change. And last but not least, uh, you know, I haven't had an online presence for 20 years and I've done just fine, or, hey, you found me online if you're talking to me, so I'm doing just fine. But uh, as we talked about, that shift is happening, and you've got to adapt to the modern times. Before you know it, you might have a new business in your area that starts getting all the, all the work. Yeah, and, and right now, there is, the residential repaint industry, my specific uh, segment of the industry, is not competitive because our clients are underserved. But that's not always the case. The, uh, the, uh, the economy has a way of taking care of that. And, uh, you know, people find out that there's opportunity here and they will rush towards it. So um, we should probably not rest on our laurels because it may not be up to us. Like you said, you may get a, a couple young whiz bang people who are good with tech that make the system easy, deliver on their promise. And guess what? If you don't have an online presence, it may have always worked for you. But guess what? It's not going to work for you anymore. And it's not up to you. And that is a scary place to be in in business. <laughs> Yeah. And, and don't share it to, to scare folks, just share it to say you could, even if you're doing well today, you could be doing better uh, in almost any regard. And so um, if, you know, your goal is to get better at your business, have more stability in life, um, focus on the things that are in your control and, and don't use, you know, some of these excuses or, or reasons um, why. No, Nick, and deep wisdom in these things here. You can tell that you guys are immersed in this. You're neck deep in this. And this is from somebody in the trenches operating a business daily. This is stuff that I have to remind myself and my team daily, which is, listen, even if something's working, question everything. Don't ever get comfortable. Always be innovating. Always be thinking about the customer. And I think as you were reading through these things, one thing that stuck out to me is that all these things can be believed and said if you don't see it from the client's point of view. If you if you yeah. completely change your point from, hey, we're the best. We offer this great service. Uh, people will wait for us. People will do whatever it takes. It's like you don't understand. Like I got introduced to an idea about two years ago that we think of ourselves as highly trustworthy, highly relational, personable. I mean, we show up in white button-up shirts for estimates, things like that. And I got, I got challenged by the level of relational selling that we do. Somebody had told me, I, I think you may be wrong about that. You may be doing, tran your clients may want transactional sales. Even though they're spending $13,000, $18,000 on trim repaints and exterior repaints, we think of this as our life, a big ticket item. 
a client, just like you mentioned, they may say, oh my God, it's uh, it's it's almost April here in Minnesota. We need to get the outside of our house painted. This is not my life's dream. This is not a passion project. We have to get that done. And I'm going to do what everybody else does. I might ask some people, but I'm certainly going to Google. I'm going to ask for three estimates. And the first three people that come out this week, I'm going to make up my mind, even though it's a $17,000 project. We see it as, oh my God, they're going to wait three weeks because once they see my website, once they know about this, they're going to they're going to wait for me. It's like, no, they won't. This is a transaction to them. They are going to do some research, make their decision and move on. And you may you may be sitting back thinking, yeah, we'll get to that one in two weeks. That person (laughs) contracted with somebody. So, yeah, that's it. That's something I challenge on in the last couple of years. And I think about all these things that you mentioned differently. If you think about it from the client's point of view, which is this is a transaction. You need to be high velocity. Exactly. Exactly. And Nick, that actually, I've got a couple other items here that is that exact thing, which is what is the homeowner experience comparing one option versus the other option. And so, you know, if I jump into that, um, I'll beg the question, you know, on each of these, which pro do you think the homeowner will hire? And uh, yes, we've got you, we're we're giving you a little shout out on a couple of these, but uh, the ultimate idea is that there's really two camps you can be in. You can do it right. You can do it wrong and option one is you know the homeowner comes on and they search online and they find a facebook page but they also see other businesses listed this is something we see a lot if you have just a facebook page and someone searches your name and you have painting or painter or some variation of that in your name google will actually show the google map pack of all those google listings below your facebook page and this is a different business than what the person searched But that person searching might say, whoa, that looks interesting and call that company versus when you Google Nick Slavic painting, you get you guys are running some ads. You get a Google business profile. You get your website. You get a few other Facebook and Instagram all below. It takes up the entire screen. That homeowner is not going anywhere else. They're going to you and they're not going to a different business. So that's part one of the funnel. Now, they after the after that, they're going to look for some validation. So let's say they click on that Facebook page. Well. Maybe it's got limited info. It's got, you know, a stock photo and not much else, a post from a couple of years ago. Or it has your information. It's got services. It's got hours. It's got photos. All of the stuff that the homeowner really wants to know and can learn in 60 seconds looking at a website. What might have taken a 15-minute call that they don't have time for? Well, now they know. What do you offer? What are some examples of your work? And uh, when are you generally available? So they're probably going that option as well. Talk about automation. Well, an example here, and uh, Nick, this one isn't spotlighting you, but is an example of kind of best practice is, you know, they reach out for a quote, um, but they get your voicemail. So here's just an example of getting a voicemail and then maybe getting a call back a couple of days later versus they get a electronic follow-up, a text message when they uh, fill out that form saying, we received your message. We'll reach out to you shortly. It's okay if you say that's automated. Homeowners are fine with that, but now they feel better that you have at least responded to them initially with your phone number in case it's urgent, your email in case they prefer email, and giving them the option of that. Uh, Now that homeowner keeps going through the process and they want to see those reviews. So they look online and maybe they don't see any reviews uh, or they look online and they see reviews. I think, Nick, you're up to more than 170 on Google or so, which is amazing. Um, and when you see that, it's just such a different experience. You've got people talking about the job. You see their photos of work that you've done. 
And that's so much more convincing to book that service than just looking at a blank Google screen that doesn't have any information. Now, last bit here is you can see photos of work. You can double check, is it your style versus just Facebook photos? And then um, that all leads into you know, one of the questions we get a lot, which is, well, how does Google search work? And um, people often say, you know, how do I show up number one on Google? So uh, before jumping to that, uh, maybe Nick, what are your thoughts on, on these different options and that experience and how you run your business? Yeah, so it's interesting. Now um, I don't do I don't do hardly any of the painting. I don't do any project management. I don't do the estimating. Uh, but the hats that are left over, one of them is marketing manager, and I am immersing myself in this and have over the last eighteen months. And I, I give myself a quick hit list all the time, and it's things like updating the website, updating social media. But it's also what's becoming big now is not just getting yourself on Google Maps. Now, if you actually get into the Google suite, there's, you can sit there for two or three hours and customize things, put in updates and pictures and things like that. And like you said, you can, there's so much stuff you can do for free or just intentionally or just thoughtfully to make your stuff stand out. And, and again, people, people are going to take a pass at this stuff before they call you, right? And uh, you're already setting expectations. And whether it's word of mouth, whether it's electronic presence, like you said, you think this relationship starts when you show up to the estimate. The expectation has already been set by people they uh, talk to, by Facebook, by Instagram, uh, by TikTok sometimes, and then even by your web presence. So people, if you don't, if this isn't accurate, if this isn't you and there's no information there, they're going to have a completely different wrong expectation about you when you show up. You might think you're the best and they may say this, this person's completely unprofessional, things like that. So, so important, Nick. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's not just one of the three between Facebook, Google, and the website. You got to you got to really have a presence on all of them, as you're alluding to. And um, one of the things that our software does is it actually connects all three together. So you have a photo on Facebook. Well, now it's on your website. It's on your Google listing. You have a post on Facebook. It's now on your Google listing. And uh, that is something that is so powerful because you don't know what channel that homeowner is going to check. They might check all three. Uh, you want to make sure that you're giving your best foot forward on, on all of them. Well, it sounds like consistency of marketing too. And uh, one of the one of the hallmarks that is kind of almost like an inside joke in my business is this whole uh, cream, tan, gold uh, colors of the company. You know, we have we have company even in my casual wear, we have some tan and gold sort of stuff with company logos. But website, vans, uniforms, uh, even the the piece of paper on your estimate. If the colors and the logos and everything are there, you, I mean, you want to talk about trust. That's where it is. It's just, it's consumable. It's, it's easy. It's easy for people to understand this. Everything is aligned together and yeah, it, it just builds a trustworthy experience. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so Nick, I know we get the question a lot, just general basics of how does Google work. So if it sounds good to you. I can give some, uh, you know, general info here. And Oh um, man, listen, if, if you have any info, you'd be helping painters out because, you know, honestly, we, we think of like Google and SEO as this like magic thing that we can dump money into and our business is going to transform overnight. And, and if we're being honest, we have no idea how this stuff works, man. We, we trust people like you to help us out. So any insight is good. <laughs> of course. And, and I have also have a few tips on, you know, scams to watch out for things to watch out for, because unfortunately, some people know that contractors don't know as much about this. And so they say things that, that aren't fully true. Yeah. Um, so one of the, one of the first things is just when you search for painters in your area, 
what will you see on that, on that search result? And it's broken into four categories. In some areas, that first category doesn't apply, uh, and I'll talk about why, but it's broken into four. So we've got Google local service ads. This is where you might see that Google guarantee part. You then have Google pay-per-click ads. Then you have these Google business profiles. And then last but not least, some organic results below all of that. Google local service ads is very similar to the marketplaces out there, but they're not selling that lead to multiple contractors. They're just, uh, if you get a call, you pay for that call. And it's only in certain areas uh, where at least three painting businesses are trying to use Google local service ads. So in some areas, it hasn't gained enough popularity to show up there. Um, they do, uh, that is something where you can explore that online. You can set a budget, get an estimate for how many calls you're going to get um, and explore. More so traditionally. Uh, sorry, yeah. quick clarification there, because I haven't seen this in my area yet. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist, but is this sort of like the buying leads, but Google's version to oversimplify it? Yes, at the at the highest level it is. And it, it's Google basically uh, will show three businesses in the Google local service section and it will show their phone number. And if the homeowner calls that that business, that business will pay a lead fee, much like uh, buying leads elsewhere. The difference is that you're only paying when someone calls you. And on that call, it's most likely just your business getting a call versus mm -hmm. if you do a marketplace like Home Advisor, Angie's List, that lead might go to three to four to five contractors at once. And so Google's option is a little bit more direct. We do see typically a little bit um, uh, lower cost on, on trying that channel. So it's worth exploring, but um, we know that you know lead Paying for leads is a is a sensitive subject, so um, it's worth checking out if it's if it's in your area. And what you do is you look up Google local service ads. You'd have to go through a background check process where they make sure you're a legitimate registered business. That takes about two weeks, and then once you're approved, you get to set a, a budget monthly for that. Nice. Well, I, I listen. As business owners, we like options, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I normally like to recommend to folks that are looking to spend a little bit more on a marketing budget, try a few things, see what works, yeah. scale that up, see what doesn't work. Um, the next option is your, your pay per click ads. That's your traditional, you bid on certain keywords and Google will show you in a paid section up top. Um, every time someone clicks on that, you're going to get hit with a, with a charge for that click that would go to your website. Below that, this is a section that you really want to focus on. It's where you can win for free, in essence, is the Google business uh, profiles. And they will show three profiles, sometimes four if they show a sponsored one, for almost all searches in a local area. And then you can click to see more. Most of that traffic is going to flow to those first three. So that's where you really want to win. And what Google does is they look at uh, three big things. They look to see how relevant is your listing how far away is it from someone that's searching and how prominent is it, meaning how reputable is it um, and a few other factors. So relevance is Google wants to show a painting business when someone searches for painters near me. They don't want to show a landscaping business, uh, but they also want to show another level to that, which is if someone types in a specific word like cabinet painting in my area, um, if you don't have cabinet painting listed as a subcategory, uh, both on your Google profile and on your website, then Google's more likely to show a different business that does, even if they're a little bit further away. So that's when people talk about keywords and what information you need to have that falls in relevance. Distance, you can't really control this. This is how far you are from someone searching. Uh, what we do recommend is if you have two locations and one is more prominent to where you want to get the work, uh, register your listing with that location. 
but this does uh, factor in. Sometimes folks will say, well, I'm not showing up number one uh, mm -hmm. 30 miles away. Um, and the reason for that is Google's wants to show the businesses that are closer. So sometimes you can't fight the distance problem. Yeah. And then last but not least is prominence. So this is really how much information online gives your business a good reputation. And is that reviews? Is that photos? Is that updates on your Google business profile and continuous updates on your website as well? Hmm. So that's it. I, I've not really heard it couched like that before. And I, I think that previous infographic of the four main areas too, that's, I've never had anybody simplify it like that before. That is insanely helpful, Nick. Yeah, of course. And, and, you know, unfortunately, sometimes people throw the, the word SEO just as a fix all to all of this. And um, SEO is important. A lot of this feeds into SEO. But when you break it down to what does that actually mean and not just use a buzzword, you find it helps folks out. So if you're getting reviews, you're posting content updated on a frequent basis, you're posting photos updated on a frequent basis, and you have all of the information about the services you listed with descriptions and content you're going to do pretty well online. And so just like many things in life, being consistent and not extreme seems to be the theme here, which is like, just keep at it. Like it, it's way better to get one review a week than in December, I'm going to get 30 reviews and I'm only going to update my stuff once a year. And it just seems to me like the, the, the Google gods praise those who just mess with it consistently, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And Google, the reason why, sometimes folks say, well, why does, why does Google care about this? Well, Google's customer is the person that is searching for the service, and they're mm -hmm. also the person that's advertising. And if they create a better experience for the person searching, that then they win. And so they want to show the business that has the most relevant photos, the most relevant services, uh, all of that information, because then it's a better experience for their search search engine, which drives all the revenue for their business. So that's why they care about showing that. And that's mm -hmm. why that factor. So if, if it's okay for me to ask, and I don't even know if, if you might have a good answer for this, but what, what does a, what does a scam look like in this regard? Like if we're a paint business owner and we're approached by marketing companies, like we are all the time, how do we sniff out a scam? What does it look like? Yeah. Um, I've got a few tips on that. So let me jump ahead. I'll uh, jump to scams to watch out for. First one is uh, Google will never call you uh, or text you to pay. So the sad thing is sometimes people will get a website live and they'll get a text message that says, um, you know, your website's ready to be listed on Google. Respond here and get your website live. Uh, unfortunately, that happens and watch out for that. Google will never call you. They're too big. They don't have enough team to call you. So they don't have time to do that. Um, so watch out for that. If they're ever asking you to pay for anything but ads, buying a domain, uh, you're likely getting ripped off. Yeah. Um, the next thing, and, and this isn't necessarily scams, but just something to watch out for, long-term contracts with big upfront costs. The only reason someone wants to charge you a lot up front and lock you into a long-term contract is because they don't believe in the results that they're going to deliver. So if you have an option to get monthly contracts where you can prove, am I getting an ROI from this, do that. That's why we offer month-to-month. -month. There's no lock-ins. If you aren't happy, you can cancel at any time, as well as no big startup costs, just your first monthly payment. Yep. Um, next is SEO. This one is, is really unfortunate. We hear sometimes from uh, folks in the industry that, they've hired an SEO agency. But when we look into it, 
that SEO agency couldn't have been doing anything because they don't have access to the website and they don't have access to their Google business profile. So how could they have been making changes uh, and, and doing any work if they can't edit your website and they can't edit your profiles online? Really watch out for someone saying that they're going to do SEO for you uh, if they don't even have access to that information. Um, and then uh, folks that emphasize keywords too much without focusing mm. on your Google business profile, reviews, and content updating frequently. Mm. Keywords is something where it sounds fancy. It's just a way to say, do you list the services that you do in a lot of different forms? So if someone searches painter near me, painting business near me, kitchen cabinet paintings, there's so many variations of what people search. You need to have all of those accounted for, but it's... Sounds way fancier when you say, well, we're going to do keyword research to optimize your online SEO versus, well, we're going to list all the different phrases that someone could possibly search in updated content frequently, and we're going to get your Google business profile properly filled out with review collection. That, um, so this is this is hilarious. Like I, I'm trying to pick a, a date and time where the hack was the keyword stuff. I want to say 2004 to 2008 you would go into somebody's website and, it, and you would keep scrolling down and there would just be like this word document of just like cabinets, cabinet, uh, <laughs> and it just, it was just, that was like, a, everybody thought that that was the key to like, if you just list in a word document, all these words on the bottom of your website, you would get all the traffic. And I feel like it was effective for three months. And then obviously people got onto that. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, it was, there was a time where, and people used to do it where they would actually make the text white on a white background, yeah. so you couldn't see anything. It was like what maybe a high schooler trying to cheat on a test would do. And, and, uh, oh, that's and hilarious. It, yeah, people tried it. Google's caught on. They know all the tricks of the trade, and, and so uh, that doesn't work effectively. Now, you still need the words. You still need the content on your site, and you can look at what terms are searched more in your area than other areas. Um, so we're not saying that that is wrong. We're just saying if someone overemphasizes it, there's usually, uh, you know, a deeper, deeper level to it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And then last but not least is high ad management fees for running Google ads and Facebook ads. Um, you know, it, it is smart to focus on what you're really good at and get help with the stuff you don't have experience in because you can spend a lot on ads. So we do recommend getting advice or hiring people to do ads, but if someone's charging you more than 25% of the ad spend, um, just ask them how much are they actually doing? Because you set up the campaign, you work to check the results, you optimize it. Um, but if you're spending $1,000 a month on ads and someone's charging you $300, $400, $500 a month, um, kind of ask yourself, well, if I put that into the ad spend, is it really worth it? Yeah. Um, and, and why that for that? And, you know, from from somebody who um, I get I get offers from marketing companies to do tests and things with me and uh, silently uh, under the radar, I, I sometimes take them up on it. And the key that I found with this whole thing is is no different than a personal relationship or a relationship with a painting client, which is there has to be deliverables and there has to be some period, uh, some method of accountability. And the way I've always found it is is a monthly sort of accountability of just an accounting of how many leads did you get us? What are the, how many of those leads turned into estimates? How many of those estimates turned into actual jobs and were those jobs profitable? And then you can actually look back and say, Hey, this is my, this is where it gets fun with the data, which is here's what I spent on management. Here's what I spent on ads. Here's how many leads, estimates, and finished jobs. And now you can, you can uh, balance that against your marketing budget, which 
low end 3.5, maybe seven to 10% if you're insanely growing high. And then you can actually say, well, how do you know if that marketing is good or bad? Well, there's some industry benchmarks and you can actually look at that and say cost per lead, cost per estimate, cost per job, and compare it to all those other marketing mixes that you do as well. Exactly. Exactly. At the, at the end of the game or name of the game is you know, ROI and return on the investment when it comes to marketing. And um, if you test a few things, you can see what's working, you can optimize it. One of the questions that, um, you know, we sometimes ask folks when they're thinking about working with us is how much do you charge for an average job? And uh, the reason we ask that is because if we help you get one extra job, what's the return on investment on that? Imagine you sign up and you pay 129 bucks a month with us or a lower package with us. Um, if you book one extra job, most of the time you're getting a positive ROI. And uh, that is relatively easy to accomplish once you start getting reviews and you start posting content. And so, um, you know, we, we know that budgets can be tight, but when you think about the return on investment of marketing, whether it's an online presence, handing out something that we know that uh, folks have been successful with is every customer, they give them a yard sign and it's got their phone number and their website on it. And that might be an $8.50 yard sign, but if it, every, you know, 10 of those brings you a new customer, that's well worth the, you know, 85 bucks that you just spent on, on that. So. And yes, that, I mean, again, you may think that yard signs have nothing to do with websites, but my website is on my yard sign and yard signs are so critical that if you look at the standard operating procedures in the painting process in my company, step number one is put a yard sign out because there's nobody else that can own it. And when we track all of our marketing, a noticeable percentage, sometimes as much as five to 7% of all of our leads come from those $8 yard signs out there. And that's how important it is. And again, they're physical things like direct mail and yard signs kind of gross me out because you're like printing something and it's this thing out there, but it drives it to your website. Your website is now professional. It's like Amazon one click and then the professional experience begins. So it's clients are going to come to us in, as far as I can tell, eight to 13 different ways. And we need to get them all, but they all funnel through the website. So even my news, yep. my God, Nick, as a, as a new age tech guy, you'll probably throw up into a trash can, but I still have a newspaper ad because my website is on that newspaper ad and a noticeable amount, three to 5% of all my leads come from this old timey newspaper ad, but they go through my website. Exactly. I, I, I think it's great to do physical marketing as a person that focuses on online. I think physical is great, but it's not just about physical. Physical is effective if you have an online presence. It's even more effective because if you think about for folks that are listening, last time you saw a sign that you're interested in, whether it was a billboard or a sign on the side of the street, you probably Googled the business name after you saw that you most likely didn't make a decision of, yeah, I'm working with that business just based on that one sign. And so you have to convert that customer. And the worst thing that happens is if you think back to that slide I showed and you search a business name and you find a different business, well, now you've just paid physical marketing dollars for another business because you didn't have your own online presence. Ah, marketing is, man. Yeah. We, us painters, we are not marketers. That is for sure. And uh, yeah, boy, I, yeah, this is insanely helpful, Nick. We do appreciate it. Um, I know we skipped over some slides. What, uh, what did we, what, what did, what do we still need to talk about? What did we miss here? I think we got the main stuff in, 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 uh, in the slides here, focus on the main stuff. I was going to give you a, a shout out and an example for folks on the reviews last year when, when we chatted, I think you were at 67 and now you're up to 172. Yeah. So uh, doing a good job. And, and something that you notice here is just, if you look at the businesses uh, last year in your area that were showing up, 
Um, you know, you had 67, these folks had two, these folks had uh, three or so. Well, now this company has gotten a few more reviews and so now they're second and they've done a little bit more and they're probably getting more traffic as a result of that, not to highlight your competitors. Um, but if you, if you, you know, you're staying ahead of the game, that is really convincing to book with your business when you come here and you see 172 reviews with a great rating versus folks that have eight and two. I mean, who, who do you think you're going to book if you're the homeowner? It's the business that has that built up profile. That's it. And, and one, one God, Google is getting so interesting because uh, I, I take a deep dive once a week when I do my marketing duties and you could spend an endless amount of time, even just in Google, uh, let alone your website, just messing with stuff. And now I've even noticed that on some listings, when you Google a company, Google just automatically does this weird bit of marketing for you. It'll it'll just note some things about the business. You probably understand what I'm talking about, but I somebody Googled me and sent me a screenshot the other day and it said 15 years of business underneath. I was oh, like, yeah. I didn't put that in there. It just showed, and it's like, you want to talk about credit? Google is going out of their way to show credibility on there. And I was like, this is a magical thing. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So they're, they're scraping all of your information online. Yep. They're looking at your website. They're looking at your reviews. They're looking at your, your uh, information on the profile itself. And then they're adding that little bit of uh, additional information for people to make that decision. And so not only are they doing that for homeowners to make a decision, but they're also doing it for who they should show and what's happening behind the scenes. And so if you're posting updates frequently, you're adding new photos, you're getting new reviews, all of that gives them more incentive to show you. I feel like they're training us like a Pavlov's dog. Like I got, Ooh, look at they made something on my thing. I'm going to do more on Google. Like I'm going to, I'm going to go update more. I'm <laughs> they have they have some bad uh, golden handcuffs on on the realities of people searching online. I love that though, but yeah, that is uh, that is sophisticated. They seem to reward people who are consistent, not extreme. So that that is our way forward, Nick Warnitz. <laughs> exactly. And set for folks that are listening, set a set a small achievable goal. Try to get that. If you can't do one review a week, try to get one review a month. If you can't do one review a month, try to get one review every two months. And just set a goal that holds yourself accountable. Also look for leverage on how do you get help with your online presence so you can focus on uh, driving the business and, and getting quality work done. Yep. Uh, one of the one of the interesting things we started about two years ago was actually tracking net promoter score. And that actually helped us. We gave it to a human in my company to own. And if you're asking for net promoter score, you might as well ask for a review. So now we double up on that stuff. And What's cool about net promoter score, if I understand it right, as a as a painter, not a business person, uh, you have to have 60% participation. And you basically ask people on a one to one to 10 scale, how likely are you to refer us to somebody else? And anything eight and above is a net promoter. They on net net, they will promote your company. And it's been great because now there's an actual um participation rate we have to hit. So it's it holds us accountable to reviews too. 60% of all of our jobs, we need to get a response, whether it's a one, we hate you, or whether it's a 10, this is the best thing ever. And and that's it. We, we just happen to like attach uh, reviews like a barnacle to that. And that's, that's one of the reasons we've had, um, we've had that many reviews in the last year, as well as a human owning it and being held accountable to it, whether it's yourself or somebody yep. else. <laughs> 
Yep. Yep. Yeah. Gamify it. If you have team yes. members, gamify it. And say, hey, every month, uh, whoever gets the most gets X or Y, X or y Z thing. Um, and, and I'll add one last tip, which is don't just get the review, but actually respond to it. And if you ever get a bad review, um, the best thing you can do is respond in a polite manner that shows what you did to fix the problem and what you're doing going forward. And sometimes that's actually not a bad thing. Homeowners can read 10 really good reviews and one bad one, but see that you were professional about that response. Yeah. And so um, one of the things that we have is the is a tool that helps you respond better. It actually reads the review, writes the response for you. You can edit it, but it's fully custom to what that homeowner had written. So uh, well, it's all about leveraging that, that time. And I, I, I heard something years ago, and I don't know if it's just something, it's a cliche to make us uh, business owners feel better, but... I've always heard the thing that a 4.8 or a 4.9 is better than a 5.0 when you have a whole bunch of reviews. Because if you only have five, it's kind of like you're, people are skeptical. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I, I mean, I don't know how that stuff works. Maybe we say that to make ourselves feel better. But <laughs> yeah, it, it, maybe that's something yep. business owners say amongst themselves. So, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's true. We, we've been joking around. We're not trying to get a bad review because we, we don't have one yet. And we're joking around that people are like, well, they probably don't uh, believe our reviews. And we're like, there's 95 five-star reviews there. But it, we're not asking for anyone here to come. Viewers of Ask a Painter, do not yeah, go. If you do get a bad review, respond to it. Sometimes the 4.8, 4.9 is actually a good thing. And don't beat yourself up uh, over it. Yeah. And one of the one of the interesting things now that especially that we get net promoter score and reviews, people be like nine out of 10. We're like, oh, my God, the next question is always what could we do better? No, everything is perfect. It's like, <laughs> well, what could we have done to earn that 10? Because that's like, I mean, don't I mean, we're, it, it means a lot to us, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like a dagger. It, it feels painful when you see that, you know, an eight, nine, anything below the time. Yeah. All right, Nick, uh, Nick Ornitz, anything else that we need to cover today on Ask a Painter Live? Um, I'll just finish with, uh, you know, as a marketing company and folks that help market, I got to market us a tiny bit. Um, for folks that are interested, if you want to see uh, what we can do for you, we can build you a free first draft of a website. We can do an audit for your local area on how we can help you. Feel free to reach out, text us, call us, um, go to the website. And, you know, I can't say it any better than Steve Lockwood. Steve Lockwood, a close friend of mine in the industry, you know, Steve Lockwood um, works with you guys, too. And, and honestly, this is not singular. Um, uh, there's lots of people who message me and say, hey, what's up with this Nick and Topline Pro? It's like, just talk to him. Just talk to him. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is a dude. I am I am fans of people who actually help people in our industry. And you have a multi-year unbroken record of taking care of our people. And myself and everybody else is deeply appreciative, Nick. Thank you. And thank you, Steve, for, for being here and listening. Yeah, Steve's a good dude. So, all right, everybody, I put Nick's information, uh, his website and things in the uh, show notes here for you to get a hold of him. Um, this is somebody who, who definitely uh, looks after all of our people in the industry, uh, is an entrepreneur himself, and we're all in this together, growing and professionalizing. And it's been uh, absolutely great to get to know you, Nick, over the years. And it's been really fun to see your business evolve, too. And I feel like you guys have evolved in response to those thousand contractors you've worked with, which is, hey, we're going to do this for these people. And then all of a sudden it's like you talk to them, they're like, we need this too. And I think you guys have taken your core values, your ethos about helping, and you've expanded it to kind of make it a holistic system. That's what it looks like from the outside. Yeah, that's that's our goal. We've got a North Star, which is how do we help more businesses succeed? And so we want to hear what you all have to say that helps you do that. 
and then we can give you some advice from what we're seeing. But um, for folks that don't work with us, uh, if there's ideas that you have that could help you, we want to hear them. We want to build them. For folks that do work with us, if we can be doing things better, um, please let us know. If there's things that would help you out, let us know. And uh, you mentioned something before we started the show. I hope I'm not betraying your trust, but you do have a podcast and you just interviewed somebody that we know and love here, uh, Tanner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we have a podcast. It's called Titan Talks. And uh, Nick, you were the first guest on it that we that we ever showed. Uh, and then this morning, uh, we interviewed Tanner Mullen um, from he's got so many businesses, but Drip Jobs is uh, is an incredible product. They've also got the painting uh, contractors Facebook group. He's got his own painting business. So that episode will come out not this Saturday, but next Saturday. Um, and tomorrow uh, we'll be sharing an episode with Lauren Fink from Apex Painting, uh, who is an incredible business owner, and she shares her story. So sounds like you're finding a lot of our favorite people in the in the painting industry, Nick. This is awesome. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Well, Nick, thanks for for having us on. Yeah, this is awesome. Nick, thanks again for doing this. Uh, friend of the show, we always love having you on. And thank you again for taking care of our painters. And uh, yeah, if you guys want to get a hold of Nick, um, information here in the show notes. Otherwise, it is Friday, it's sunny, and we're about to go on some family time here. So everybody, enjoy a good, uh, enjoy a good weekend. And uh, thanks for watching. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.